Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. Hello, friends and family, and thank you so much as always for tuning in. Just a little update, we have some very special podcasts coming up. We're going to have some very special guests come on to talk about their lives and how God has done miraculous things through their journeys. Today we have a sermon on gratitude with our lead worship pastor, Brian Batch, beginning with a very special message. We thank you again for tuning in. If you would like to give to this ministry and others, please text 44321 and follow the instructions. Also, make sure to give us a five-star rating. And as always, we hope to see you soon at the First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. It's a, it's a wonderful morning to, to be here with you all. So I've had a lot on my heart uh, just over these past weeks. And God's really been, he's really been showing me that that when we, when we open ourselves to receive and when we follow through with the feeling of what God is presenting to us, God will speak to us through, through all things and he speaks to us through everything. So, but what I wanted to start at this, start the service this morning is just kind of asking you all, because I never ask you this. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of come out here and I'm going to ask you so I don't mess this up. So I kind of wanted to know, I kind of want to know how you guys are feeling. I kind of want to know how you guys are feeling. And I say that in all sincerity because right now in this world, there are so many things that are happening. And I just want to know how you guys are feeling. So that's a genuine question. How are you guys feeling? Feeling good? I'm less tired, but that's sincere. That's sincere. Scared, that's sincere. Worried, that's sincere. Happy, that's sincere. Hey, that's sincere. That's stressed, that's sincere. So all of these emotions, they're all sincere and they're all valid to feel. So here's what I want to ask you guys, right? Because when it comes to church and when it comes to being here together and when it comes to something like gratitude, which is what we're talking about today, my other question to you is where does gratitude come from? Where does happiness come from? Where does joy come from? Where does strength come from? Where do those things come from? Anybody? They come from God. And in particular, they come from our connection with God. Because it's one thing to say they come from God, and it's another thing to understand that they come from our connection with God. Our connection with God. And right now, I'm telling you all, this is a time in this world where you have to connect to God. You have to connect to God. You have to connect to God, and you have to cultivate it. Because it doesn't just happen. You got to cultivate it. You got to cultivate it. You have to make the time because it doesn't just happen, but it comes from our connection with God. And when we feel that connection, then we can change things in this world. But if we don't feel the connection, it's then we're just kind of like riding along on, on the boat and our boat's getting bumped, you know what I mean? But if we can sink into the ocean of God's presence, we can be there. Y'all feeling what I'm saying? Amen. Feeling what I'm saying? Amen. So we're going to play this song. It's a song called I Know a Place. And, uh, and I'm just going to kind of invite you guys on a, on a little ride, right? And I invite you in the way that sometimes what God wants from us is just little things. He's not asking for big things. He's just asking for little things. Because in the little things and our obedience to the little things, he'll show us the bigger thing. So my hope is right now in this moment, as I try to invite us along, 
I invite you to come along with us on this journey. Don't just watch, don't just watch. That's, we can do that in life. Like we can stand back and we can watch and we can watch the journey happen, but it's a different thing to hop on the ride. It's a different thing to hop on the ride. So I invite you this morning to hop on the ride and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah? God, you do hold us not just in the night, but in all of life. Through the celebratory times, the joyous times, even in our times of grief, in our times of anxiousness and worry, you're with us. So thank you for your presence now as we hear from you what you have for us this day. In Christ's name, amen. So this uh, story that we just heard read is a wonderful scripture. There are so many uh, messages in the story, and the hardest thing about preaching is not having something to say each Sunday. It's what do you not say? Uh, There's a lot that I would love to say today about this text, but there is not time for it. We'd be here all day. It's so rich. The story begins with Jesus traveling between Samaria and Galilee. Now, in in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 9, it says that he set his face towards Jerusalem. In other words, he set his face to go to the cross. And it's a long journey from Luke 9 all the way to Luke 19 when he finally arrives in Jerusalem. So this passage that we have today is right in the middle of this journey. He's in between Samaria and Galilee, which is very significant. The uh, Samaritans and the Jews did not like each other, period. And here he inserts himself in this gap. And what a wonderful message that is, that if God can insert himself in the gap of human conflict and division... Maybe we can too. He just did it. He's traveling along and 10 lepers cry out to him. Now, they don't ask to be healed. I don't know if you noticed that in the the passage. They just said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Some translations even say, have pity. And... Jesus, instead of going over and having a conversation with them, just gives them an assignment. He says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And you you have to be thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, in those days, the priest was the one that would say that someone is clean or not and be restored to community. So in effect, Jesus was saying, go to the priest because it's going to happen. Your life is about to change. You're about to be accepted back into your community because you are about to be made well. So they, uh, they take off, and, and the text actually says, as they went, they were cleansed. If you notice, Jesus didn't heal them on the spot. He just said, go, and then they went. And it was in the going that they were cleansed, that they were blessed. God ever call you to do something in your life that might be challenging or difficult, uh, maybe out of your comfort zone, and it required an action? before it became possible. I think, I think all of us have experienced that. And, and it's almost like God says to us, if you just take a step and then another step and another step, 
more will be revealed to you and your life will change forever. But you have to take some kind of step. And, and we call it faith. And so they did that. They, they took a step. And sure enough, they were cleansed. Can you imagine what that would have been like for the 10 of them? They can see each other and they can see the healing happening right in front of their eyes. And they had to be thinking, he's being healed, but what about me? And then they start pointing to each other like, you too? You too? They're all clean now. Well, nine of them kept going to the priest because they, they did what Jesus said to do, just go. And one of them turned back, though. He was so compelled to turn back and offer praise to Jesus. He, he goes back to Jesus, falls at his knees, and it says in a loud voice he praised, praised him and thanked him. Uh, C.S. Lewis had a great quote about praise. He said, uh, praise is that inner health making itself audible. So praise and gratitude is what wells up inside of us and we make it audible, not just in what we say and what we sing, but in what we do and how we respond to God's gifts in our lives. And sure enough, it was the Samaritan. Now, the Jewish listener would, fa- would have found this highly offensive. Jesus just told a story about the people that you're not supposed to like And that's the one that got it right. I mean, it's offensive. Do you remember the Good Samaritan? Same thing, that that story, also in Luke's gospel. And so that's a reminder to all of us. Whoever we think the other is, get a grip. Get a grip. There isn't another. We're children of God, and everybody needs God's grace, and everybody's capable of responding. Who put you in charge anyway? Last time I checked, whatever that is in your life, and it's the Samaritan who comes back to give praise. You know, if you think of faith, one of the best definitions of faith, I think, is faith is receiving God's gift of grace, salvation. That's faith. It's just receiving a gift. Gratitude is receiving it well. You know, you can have faith and not receive it well. Think of the nine that went on their way. They experienced faith. They took a step. They went. They received a gift that was not their own. Nothing they did made it happen. It just happened to them. They had faith, but the Samaritan had gratitude. He received it well. In fact, as he's there with Jesus, Jesus uh, asked the question, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, I wasn't a math major in school, but weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? That's haunting, isn't it? Where in the world are the other nine? And that's when he looked at this Samaritan, and think about the Samaritan. Not only was he a leper, he was a Samaritan and had a double whammy against him in that community. And he looks at him and he says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And in the Greek, it really is translated in our language. It really is. Your faith has made you really, really well. 
That's the emphasis. So not just well, but you are really whole now because you have put the two together, faith and gratitude. They're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. And, and it is a choice. You know, we get to make that choice every day. Are we going to be people that wake up and go through our day whining and complaining about everything that's not right in the world or our lives? Or are we going to be people that wake up and not to ignore the difficulties of life, but actually go through a day with some gratitude? It's a choice. It really is. But it's in response to God's gift of faith. Uh, 1620. Uh, the Mayflower and Speedwell, two ships set sail from England to the New World, which we know now as the United States. The Speedwell had some trouble, so they had to go back, return to shore, and everybody got on the Mayflower, just over 100 people. Uh, they traveled and were delayed. They got off course. They were actually headed to Virginia, what we know now as Virginia. Ended up in Cape Cod, landed in November. Now, that's not a good time of year to land in Cape Cod. So you can imagine. They landed, and over the next year, half of them died from disease and just the harshness of the conditions. So on the first anniversary of their initial landing, they decided to mark that day, and there was some division in the community of what it should be. Uh, part of the group wanted it to be a day of mourning, which is understandable. Let's set aside this day to remember those that we lost this past year. The other side said, no, let's make it a day of thanksgiving, to give thanks to God that we made it, that we have support and help, we have learned some things, we have a chance now. Let's make it a day of thanksgiving. Which side won? Anybody? What are we doing in November? And do you know what that's right? Thanksgiving. Do you know what historians have said? They have said in that community, that one decision to be a people of gratitude might have made the biggest difference in them surviving the next few years. I believe that's true. I think some of the most healthy people alive today have a spirit of gratitude, and it's not just when things are rosy either. I am so humbled when I visit with people who are sick, especially. Even those near death have taught me much about gratitude and giving thanks to God for just the ability to even have a soul in the first place. And I think about worship. Why in the world do we come to worship? I mean, think about it. What, what if... What if I went out on a Sunday morning and as people get out of their cars, I was able to go to every single person and ask them, why are you here? Number one, you'd probably get in your car and go somewhere else. But let's say you played along. Why are you here? And, and some might say, well, uh, my spouse just has been on me to come to church and I, I'm coming and I hope you at least say something funny today so I can laugh and it's not too painful. Others might say, well, it's just Sunday. It's just what we do. I grew up going to church, and you just go to church on Sunday. It's just what we do. And others might say, well, I'm here to recharge my batteries. But you know what the number one answer should be, really, for all of us, me included? I am here to express gratitude to the God who created me and to praise him. That's it. Everything else flows from that. 
It is not about recharging your batteries. Worship is not about you. It's not about me. It's not even about our preferences. It is about our gratitude to God and God alone. And everything comes out of that. And I think the reason some people say, I feel so good after worshiping and we use that recharge my batteries, it's because I think we experience gratitude in worship and we just are calling it by a different name, but that's what it is. And so it's, it's this faith receiving the gift and gratitude receiving it well. We had some friends that invited us over for dinner a few weeks ago, and uh, I said we'd bring a dessert to the house, and they're sitting over there. So they're like, uh-oh, what's he going to say? And they were going to cook the meal, and so it was a crazy week for us. Usually we'd make a dessert and bring it, but we just ran out of time. So I went to HEB to, to get a dessert and went inside and looked around. I didn't know they sold half a pie. Did you know you can buy half a pie? The container is even great. It's just, it's just beautiful, just half a pie. So I said, that'll work. It's just four of us. Let's get half a pie. So I, I check out, and then I, I go home. I set it on the counter, and Alicia gets home from school and teaching, walks in. Did you get the dessert? Yeah, I got the dessert. It's right there. She said, you got half a pie? I said, yeah. I said, uh, did you know they sold the half pies? Yes, uh, but... You got half a pie. Yeah. Well, it was too late to do anything about it, so we got in the car, headed over, rang the doorbell. They opened the door, and I walked in. I said, hey, I got you half a pie, which, by the way, if you're wondering, that's perfect for four people. It was just right. But looking back, you couldn't bring a whole pie, you know, just half a pie, just half Steve and Peggy over this, where we were, and so the other Sunday, right after that, I walked into worship. We just started singing. I tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, the other half is in my car. It's been there all week, so if you want it after church. And it's easy to go through life just with half of the equation, isn't it? Just, God, I'm, I'm so blessed. You've given me this. I have faith, and this grace is for me, but we never, ever get to putting the other part of the pie together to make it the whole pie and the whole pie is saying, I'm going to give my life to you in service, whatever that is, out of gratitude. Complete and total gratitude. It's a beautiful thing. The, the Apostle Paul, he wrote Philippians, which is a wonderful letter to the church there in Philippi that he founded. And he wrote this letter from prison. So he wasn't at Starbucks writing a letter over a cappuccino, okay? He's in prison. And listen to what he wrote from prison. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's remarkable. He'd experienced floggings shipwrecks, you name it. 
He'd been through it. And there in prison, he can say, I am content, I am grateful, because God has been with me through it all. And, and I think we can all say that today, if we're honest. No matter where you are today, no matter what your situation or mine, we can, we can at the very least say, God, thank you for creating me in the first place. And, and express that as gift and reception. There's another letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and it's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture because it asks a question that really gets at the heart of our existence, really. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, he said, What do you have that you did not receive? Think about that for a second. What do you have that you did not receive? Well, a soul, a body, friends, Spouses, children, the gifts and the talents that you possess have been received. And so we are grateful. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.